fired up. The snap, the put down, the swing of the leg. It is on its way. It is good! Cincinnati wins the American Championship! Here comes Bosa. Here comes the quarterback, Burrow. Looking for a block, and he got it up on the front by Hopkins into the end zone. Touchdown! What a skip! As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. And so that'll make it a 4-0 ballgame. So for those of you who it may be your first time listening, because there's a lot of things happening on this show tonight, I am your host, Aaron Smith. You may know me from my other podcast with Chad Brendel on Bearcat Journal. Uh, we also have, as always, the best producer in the city, Ed Mayhaw and Jeff Howell. So we do also have a special guest tonight, though. We have the mayor of Reading the legend of Bearcat lore, uh, Tony Pike. So, Tony, welcome to the show. We do appreciate you taking some time out of your evening for us. No, this is great to be here. Trust me, I got I got two little ones running around the house. So this is this is a, a big reprieve for me on a uh, on a Wednesday night. I like this. I like the uh, the backdrop there, the Big 12 UC backdrop. I got to start working on that stuff for my uh, my podcast. <laughs> I might uh, get in trouble for that one. I think there's like copyright things on it. So uh, you point out that you do have two young kids running around. I do want to appreciate the fact that you lent a, uh, I, I won't say lent, that's maybe not a, a great word choice because I don't think you're getting that back. But you did give my little sister a diaper at the BCJ watch party at Beautiful. the Holy Grail since apparently my sister forgot a diaper for her little one. But, uh, you know, appreciate that. But, uh, it's incredible. We have a, a five-week-old at home, and if like there's a pin drop, she wakes up, and somehow at the Holy Grail on Saturday, with that place going absolutely bonkers, she slept for like four hours straight. So I don't know what it is at this point. We, we haven't figured out the trick, but we're gonna we might be spending a lot more time out at bars apparently with our kids. <laughs> Whatever works. Exactly. Fantastic. Absolutely. Judge how you may. Judge how you may. <laughs> so. I will talk a little bit about the watch party. Electric atmosphere. I know you and Chad had the the pre-show. Um, you were there just meeting everyone, my mother included, um, as, as people would come up and introduce themselves to you. What's it like kind of removed from, you know, when you were at Cincinnati to get to see the ebbs and flows of this Cincinnati Bearcats program go from where it was with your peak than to go through the Tommy Tuberville era and now kind of on this huge uprising, which at, after having beaten Brian Kelly in Notre Dame, I, I would like to think that maybe we're even higher than we were with Brian Kelly. You know, it, it's, it's crazy. Cause I go back even further. My, my grandpa was a season ticket holder, you know, since before I can remember. And you know, that you hear the stories all the time of, well, back then, if you, if you wanted basketball season tickets, which everybody did in Cincinnati, right. you had to buy football season tickets. So I remember going to games as a kid and it was fantastic because I could just move around and sit wherever and you're, you're down by the field and you know, your, your parents and family could never lose sight of you because there weren't that many people at the game. So to, to grow up with that and then to kind of usher in 08, 09 those years and be a part of, of those teams 
was was unbelievable with the atmospheres in Cincinnati. And then, uh, you know, the the Senators era, as I, you know, I always want to respect Tommy Tuberville with, with the Senator Tuberville, uh, with, with the bottoming out of this program. I don't think, you know, in, in Luke Fickle's first year when there was rumblings that this Notre Dame game was going to happen, if you would have told somebody then that UC is going to Notre Dame and Notre Dame is going to be in the top 10 and UC is going to be favored, they'd have laughed you off the face of the earth. And, you know, that was the case on Saturday. And for me now, you know, I, I've been doing sideline for so long and I stepped away this year because I've got the two little ones at home. I'm, I'm really getting to enjoy the environment as a fan of all this. And, you know, that that's what I appreciate the most because from the fans you saw at, at Notre Dame to the fans that come to the Holy Grail watch party to the fans that travel to the Orange Bowl and the Sugar Bowl, Cincinnati is always – kind of put on when it comes to traveling and supporting their team. So seeing it from a different angle has been really cool. Now let's talk about that. We saw the footage and we've all seen the videos on Twitter, on Facebook, wherever you want to catch them, YouTube, whatever. Uh, but there were roughly, I mean, it looked like damn near 20,000 fans from Cincinnati, if not more in South Bend. Yeah. And I mean, the players had talked about, you know, I had heard before I started seeing the videos pop up, but we heard that it sounded like a home game experience. And then we see the actual footage and you're like, good God, this really yeah. was like, they, they, they traveled well. So what was your takeaway from that? Uh, when Trey Tucker caught the touchdown pass before the half, it it looked in the stands like a, a Nippert Stadium home game. It was that, that much red. That's all you saw. And, you know, there's other videos out there where you see a sea of red and they're doing the, you know, the let's go Bearcats chant. And in the middle of it, you see Notre Dame fans actually doing the chant. So, they uh they brought Notre Dame fans along with them, so you know it 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 never amazes me because like I said I know that that this city rallies behind teams, but seeing it on that stage and I asked Dan Hort about this uh, earlier in the week. Dan Hort said someone approached him at Notre Dame and said that outside of Nebraska, years and years and years ago, they had never seen an opposing team kind of take over South Bend like that. So. You're talking about some really good programs going in and out of that um, that stadium that that didn't represent themselves the way that that Cincinnati did. I mean, so I've been to I, I've been up to Notre Dame for a, I had a buddy that walked on up there, and so yeah. I, I went to several you know very large games, Michigan, USC, those kinds of games, and I, I can never remember seeing opposing fans do what UC fans did yeah. this past weekend. And then the choice to go with red was brilliant yeah. because if they had gone with like, if they had worn black, it wouldn't have stuck out the same. Yeah. It would have kind of mixed in with everything else. The red just popped up there. Their, it, their creative department is incredible right now. And I don't, I, I know that like when they do like the uniform release videos each week, I watch it like 20 times on repeat. Cause I'm like, why wasn't this stuff available back in 2009 with a lot of other things like that NIL stuff that's coming in, but man, they, they've done, they've done such a good job from a branding standpoint and from a social media engagement standpoint. Uh, and and I, I really do. I think it ties a lot with how successful they are recruiting because they know how to reach out and, and, uh, and get to these, these kids now in, in high school. So, I mean, just what were your initial reactions? Because there's not a shot in hell we play in South Bend ever again, at least yeah. in the next, like, 100 years, right? 
Not, well, you know, not only UC going there and winning, but the, you know, I think it was the Go Bearcats like football page did like the Brian Kelly <laughs> cut up of the montage of him talking. Like, I don't think after that we'll be going back up there anytime <laughs> soon. But I, uh, shoot, I, I told people leading up to that, if that game's at Nippert Stadium, UC is a six and a half point favorite. I mean, yeah. 10 out of 10 times, UC is the favorite in that game. And that was kind of my biggest takeaway. Like, you, it's almost the Cincinnati curse, right? That makes you feel like in a game like that, something bad's going to happen. We've seen it with the Reds. We've seen it with the Bengals. We've seen it with UC games in the past. We don't want to bring up in both sports, but it almost felt like, okay, what's going to happen next? But it wasn't because UC wasn't the more talented team. It was just because kind of we've been groomed for that for, for most of our lives. But I walked away from that, you know, thinking, UC didn't have to win with smoke and mirrors. They didn't have to win with with trick plays or crazy blitz schemes. They literally just lined up, and they were the better team on both sides of the ball. And I, I just think that's kudos to to what this football program has. I was going to say, there, it didn't really appear. I mean, watching it throughout the game, it, it, it really appeared pretty vanilla uh, yeah. As, oh, yeah. far as, as far as the looks they were given. And like you said, they were just lining up, and, and the better kids were winning the game. Yeah, de- it was incredible. The defense, I think, played a, uh, their best game of the year. Uh, and that's a lot to say because they were fantastic against Indiana as well. But when you look at kind of the, the full package, once they got their footing after that first Notre Dame drive and they forced the turnover, you know, it, it wasn't a situation where you were concerned. And I, I attest still at this point of being 4-0, the offense still hasn't played a complete game. I, I think the offense has struggled at times and – when they've needed to be great, they've been great. But, you know, I, I traveled with this team uh, when I was young at UC uh, to Ohio State, and I traveled as a sideline reporter to the Michigan game and to the Ohio State game. And I remember before the game thinking to myself, like, man, that, that that's what a big-time program looks like. You just looked at the players. And I remember thinking last year at the end of last year and, and then that Notre Dame game, like, UC looks the part. Like UCF's big years, they were fast. You know, the, the scheme was, was a lot different than what you saw anywhere else. UC is, is just – they present themselves like a, a power school right now, and it's, it's so cool to see. Well, maybe uh, Luke Fickle can give Notre Dame the opportunity to come down and play it. Uh, <laughs> fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> so what's it been like then for you taking it all in as the coaches – from Notre Dame have talked about we beat ourselves and then you have you know on your radio show I can only imagine the vitriol you've gotten from some local Notre Dame fans who are kind of saying the same thing <laughs> where we beat ourselves UC is not that good etc cetera, etc cetera. never mind the fact that you had two top 10 teams playing not week one but week yeah. four so we've seen a body of work or I'm sorry week five we've seen a body of work now from both teams to where it's not an accident they happen to be in the top 10. Well, I mean, you look at, at what Notre Dame has done. They found a way to win this year, but they didn't look great against Florida State, and we've seen who Florida State is. They struggled against Toledo. Um, they certainly didn't impress until the fourth quarter against Wisconsin, and Wisconsin kind of handed that game away. Um, UC has, has answered every bell. They've answered every call. And, again, if, if it was, you know, a special teams touchdown or a trick play or – something like that where UC snuck a victory out, I would feel differently about it. But like I said, it was dominance. They dominated the line of scrimmage. They dominated in the run in the uh, against the run. And, and Williams for Notre Dame is an NFL running back. 
Um, you know, Notre Dame has the best safety, many people say, in, in the country, and UC didn't have a problem attacking the middle of the field. So I, I think pound for pound, UC was far and away the better team. And and I've, I've had to, to really talk to a lot of Notre Dame fans about that because there was something – so. Uh, we we have a, a, sh- a sponsor on my show, Cincy 360. Cincy Shirts is a sponsor of it for our, our section, and they, they came out with shirts last week for the UC Notre Dame game. Mm-hmm. So as a sponsor of the show that I host, I wore the shirts during the week, and, you know, it was like Fickle's greater than Kelly, something, you know, <laughs> something simple and goofy. And I, I get on my phone like Thursday in the first quarter of the Bengals game, and I've got like 80 notifications, and, you know. And I'm like, man, something happened in this game, you know. And I look and someone from Notre Dame social media had found these videos that I had posted and were just crushing me for it. So I, I was so hoping UC held on to win because <laughs> I was not going to take the, you know, the appropriate route. I literally, I, I very pettily went back that night into every comment I had and just simply liked the comment. <laughs> I mean, it, it was petty as it was petty as all get out. Um, but but I kind of just made sure that I responded to every one of them by just simply liking their comment. Now, Those one of the comments, shirts, by the way, they are <laughs> shirts. Yeah. Uh, one of the comments that Chad said that you made to him at, at halftime was that Brian Kelly seemed relatively reserved from how you remember him yeah. being at halftime. So what was a normal halftime, especially if you were down 17 nothing? Like, what would you expect Brian Kelly to be like in that locker room after a half like that? Uh, there, There is nothing uh, that I could say uh, without damaging my reputation for the rest of my career uh, that was said at, at halftime of those games. Like, I remember the first game, Brian Kelly, one of the first games he was at Notre Dame, and the quarterback comes off the field, and he's just red-faced screaming at the quarterback. And these announcers are like, well, Brian Kelly, really, you know, he needs to calm down. I'm like, did no one watch any game at Cincinnati? Like, the guy, I mean, he looked like my shirt every time I came off the field. He was so angry. Um, you know, our, our relationship was nuts because he, he really kind of kept things under control my junior year. And then my senior year, he let me have a lot more say, which – led to a lot more back and forth on the sideline uh, to where it would come across of, man, these two are, are heated. And I always respected him for it, but, man, I remember watching those games like, is this a surprise to people? Did no one watch the coach that, that they had just hired from, from Cincinnati? But I, I told Chad, halftime of the pit game, you know, we're down huge in that game, 21 at one point, terrible first half. Um Brian Kelly comes into the locker room and he's like, look, you're, you're going to apologize to this whole team for ruining their perfect season if you don't turn things around. And that was literally my halftime adjustments from Brian Kelly. You know, now other coaches came in and they, you know, they gave the, the adjustments, but there was no rah-rah, you know, calm speech that I heard at halftime of that Cincinnati game. That was, hey, get ready to apologize for everyone because you're single-handedly, you know, ruining this for them. Um, you know, now after the game, back to all love and, and everyone was happy, but there was, uh, there was some very heated locker rooms. I, I equate it to like little league sports. If you, you know, if you have a bad game and you, you know, your parents are mad, you don't want to ride home. You're looking for ride, ride home after the game, like begging anyone to take you. That's how I felt at halftime a lot. Anyone else want to talk? Are we good? (laughs) 
I, I can only imagine what, what halftime – I feel like that's maybe the equivalent of like a Bob Huggins halftime for, yeah. for basketball. Like just a, a guy just out of control, winning, controls everything, and, and that's that. Yeah. So you experienced the pit game as what prior to Saturday was inarguably the biggest game in Cincinnati football history. And now here we are with a game that arguably rivals the mm-hmm. game that you participated in and had a very heavy hand in a W with the Pittsburgh game. So what was it like taking it in as a fan, as somebody who's, you know, maybe just that much removed from, I mean, we're all that much removed from college now. So we're all feeling it. Like we're all almost 40 here. So like, (laughs) so you, you take it all in. And so what was, what was like, like, do you, do you think that this game was the biggest game? Is your game still the biggest game? How do you feel with perhaps a biased opinion? Well, for me, you know, the, the only difference um, was the time of the year the game was played. Uh, you know, I, I said before the Notre Dame game happened, if Notre Dame beat Wisconsin, then in my opinion, it was going to be the, the biggest game because I knew that both teams would be in the top 10 and the implications that this had. You know, if you go back to 2009, we beat Pittsburgh. We finished number three in the country. So we would have qualified had there been a college football playoff in 2009. Uh, and we were a you know, an uh, and Sue sack on Colt McCoy throwing the ball out of bounds one second left away from playing in a national championship game. So obviously that's a huge game in 2009. And the difference is, of course, like I said, that was it. That was the end of the season. It was for the Big East championship. Uh, you know, you're playing in a, um, you know, a BCS bowl as, as opposed to this one, while the game itself may have been more important there's still eight games left in this season. So I think you really wait to hold judgment of the severity of that Notre Dame win until ideally this team can run the table and run the table and also be Notre Dame fans in the meantime, because I think Notre Dame now has Virginia Tech, uh, USC, and UNC in their next three. You know, as, as a UC fan, you, you, know, you don't want Notre Dame to go one and two in that stretch. Because Indiana's already out of the top 25. You don't want Notre Dame to fall out because that's a reason for the the, the committee at the end to, to kind of knock you for that. So if it holds up and they can run the table, then to me it is the biggest game in UC history. So you're kind of on board then with what we said, uh, at least on Bearcat Journal um, on Monday, where we were saying, like, you know, finish the game out, go undefeated, and this game becomes. But as of right now, you can't necessarily put that at – top of the token. Yeah. And they, they, they have a lot of stuff still to do. You know, it, it it's not just, you know, I look back to years past where it took a, a last second field goal to beat ECU and it took a block field goal return for a two point to beat uh, Temple a couple of years ago. Like I, I said earlier this week, they've got to win with style and flair the rest of the way. They are undoubtedly the best team on the field in every game they line up in going forward that they can't afford a seven-point win. They can't. Have, I mean, it's a twenty-nine-point spread against Temple. You can't win that game by ten. And in doing so, you've got a quarterback in Desmond Ritter that's getting Heisman conversation. He's the third. He's third in the betting right now, as as far as odds go. So Des needs to continue to explode as well, because as long as Des is in the Heisman conversation, then UC is in the national spotlight conversation, and. You know, they get another chance Friday being, you know, Friday night ESPN college football where I think a lot of fans that maybe can't watch them every Saturday 
are going to say, okay, let's let's see what this Cincinnati team's all about. Let's see if they're for real. So you should go out and, and, and try to beat Temple by 40. So you bring up Desmond Ritter, and you all are both quarterbacks that played for Cincinnati. So who who's your number one quarterback currently to ever play for Cincinnati? Is it is it yourself? Um, I, I, I'm not allowed to put myself up there. I've, I've learned that like doing radio, you know, I've, I've, we did like a, a Cincy 360 ring of honor. Yeah. See, aren't you in the ring of honor? Yeah. You know, I, I was inducted into the Cincy 360 ring of honor and I get crushed for it. You know, I, I can't put myself at the top. Uh, certainly I look at the body of work that Gino Gadoli did in his time in Cincinnati. The, the great all time, great Greg Cook is up there, but man, I'm, Des came back to school for a reason, and I know he wants to win, and I know he wants the team to win, but Des has talked about wanting the records at the University of Cincinnati, and I believe he's 30-4 and four as a starting quarterback. I mean, there, there's, there's nothing that I could have done. There's nothing that Geno could have done. There's nothing that anyone could have done to, to say, okay, I'm 30-4 and four as a starter, and the stats might not be the same, and at times in the game, you might say, ah, how did he miss that throw, but Man, every single time this team needs a play, look at before the half, you look when Notre Dame cut that game to four, it's Des Ritter making plays. So, you know, for me, while I grew up appreciating Geno and what he's done, you know, if Des can finish this out, I mean, you think about 30 and four, we're talking 38 and four, 39 and four possibly for a starting quarterback, you know, that that would be one of the best quarterbacks all time from a record standpoint. Surely he would be one of the best quarterbacks in the University of Cincinnati. So going back to the Notre Dame game, were you surprised to see Leonard Taylor have the breakout that he had in that particular game? No, because I look at who the defensive coordinator on the other side was, and I know that Marcus Freeman going into that game probably wanted to put a priority on Alec Pierce, probably want to put a priority on stopping Jerome Ford, which I think Notre Dame did a really good job of doing. And then – not Pierce. Talk, yeah, well, not Pierce, no. <laughs> and whenever we talk about UC tight ends, it's always Wiley. You know, Wiley's the NFL talent. Wiley's this. Well, okay, so now they have Trey Tucker. Now they have a slew of other wide receivers. They have Alec Pierce. They have Wiley. They have Ford. They have Dez with his feet. Pick your poison. And, you know, for, for UC in that game, I think that was Dez finally, you know, really understanding matchups and, okay, at that point of the game, the last drive, they're probably going to send help over to Alec Pierce because he's crushed uh, Notre Dame the whole game. Wiley's going to get attention. So where's your best matchup? This game, it happened to be Leonard Taylor. Next game, it could be Josh Wiley. Next game, it could be Jerome Ford. They have so many weapons that as long as Dez just reads things out and doesn't become, you know, okay, I got to get him a touch. I got to fit the ball in there. Right. You just take what the defense gives you with the talent that this team has on the outside and they can continue to protect like they do, uh, you're going to see different Leonard Taylor type of games from different guys all year. And like you said, this offense hasn't clicked on all cylinders. Right. Not even close. Right. So, I mean, I think Miami, 35 nothing, and then they slept walk the second half. They slept walk the first half against Murray State, slept walk against Indiana the first half. And I don't think it was their sharpest showing against Notre Dame. Um, you know, again, they make plays when they need to. But – uh, I, I go back, you're going to have some really bad defenses that you're going to play over the next eight weeks. You, know, you like to call those get-right games. You're going to be able to get right in a lot of those games and, and ideally be playing your best ball at the end of the year. 
Now you bring up the weapons. Is there any part of you that is, because you had a slew of weapons yourself, but is there any part of you that is a little jealous of where the weapons are now compared to oh, no. where, where you were? No way. I'll, I'll take my weapons any day. Now I'll take this defense. I'll take what this <laughs> defense has any day, but no, the, the weapons, the weapons we had in, in 08, 09, man, with, with Isaiah Pete and, and what he was able to do and Marty and Armand and DJ Woods, Marcus Barnett, Ben Gadouli. I mean, we, we, we had some, some weapons uh, all over the field and, and we hadn't even tapped in at that time to, to the greatness of Travis Kelsey. So I, uh, I'm, I'm taking the, the 09 weapons. Um, I would certainly take this, uh, this 2021 defense. Fair would enough. you th- would you throw at Ahmad Gardner? Oh man, that see that's that's the tough part because ideally no, I wouldn't. Um, <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a reason, but there would be part of my competitive nature that would be like, man, I, I have to test him, I have to try him, and I, that's that's one thing with Des, man, that they do so much ones versus ones at practice and everything. I mean, how can you not get better? going up against that defense or going up against that offense week in and week out. It's fantastic. So, I mean, just everything going on with, with the defense, we haven't even touched on the defense whatsoever, but who has been, obviously sauce doesn't have a ton of stats yet because no one wants yeah. to throw at him. Um, my J same thing. They're triple teaming him at this point. I mean, we saw that happen several times against Notre Dame. Who's been your MVP of the defense, and who should we watch out for as the season progresses going forward? I think Deshaun Pace has been fantastic. I mean, they rotate so many guys in the secondary. It's crazy to to think that some of these guys don't even start in games, and, and they would start on, you know, 80% of the teams across the country. Malik Van has been really solid, in my opinion. But for me, I look at the linebacker core, man, and, and I look at a guy who used to play safety at Colerain, Darian Beavers, to me is kind of the glue that holds everything together. You know, he's 6'4", 6'5", or he's a monster. He's physically – he's put together like – and Dan Horn made this reference. He looks like a future Pittsburgh Steeler outside linebacker. I mean, that's his body type. When you think of it, I just think he's able to do so much from the safety background to cover, to get after the quarterback, to stop the run. He, he's the glue in the middle because they have all these shiny pieces, right? They have the – Sauce and Kobe and Myjay and Malik Van, but boom, right in the middle of that is Darian Beavers, and I think that's huge for this defense. Do you think there's any reason to be concerned with the special teams going forward with that a lot of fans have, have voiced reason? I don't think there's reason for concern because I don't think they'll be in a situation where they're going to come down to a field goal. At least I hope not. Uh, it was a concern of mine going into the Notre Dame game because they've missed field goals, they've missed extra points, they kicked the ball out of bounds. There, there's a lot of things that that go on, but I think at this point it's kind of what it is. You know what Cole Smith is, uh, you know where he's going to be comfortable from, and they'll probably coach a little bit differently in those situations in the upcoming games. You know, if it's third and five, which I thought they were going to do in the Notre Dame game. They had like the third and four and they ran the ball, and I thought, okay, they're running it here because they're going to go for it on fourth down, and they kicked it. You're going to see a lot more of those four-down situations where a third and five, they may just say, you know what, let's let's run it here, get into a fourth and two, and, and we'll go for it. Were you surprised to see Brian Kelly run so many fourth-down conversion attempts? And 
I don't think any of us were surprised at all to see the defense shut them down. But no, I I, I think you really when you when you get a team kind of on their heels like that, I think it's it's a little desperation. Of, okay, it's time to try something because there's only so many times we're going to stop what they're doing and um, against a defense like like UC one of the only things that you can do to, to beat them is to try to wear them down. And that would be keep them on the field. So going forward on fourth down, you have the opportunity to keep them on the field. If, if you have these, you know, these situations where you give, you see the ball back and that defense goes and rest, it, it's hard enough to, to move on this defense. It's really hard to move on the defense if you're not getting any sustained drives. So we talked about it during the, uh, the Indiana game where, it was part of my worry that the, the defense had been out there so yeah. long that as the game wore on, that they would, you know, maybe not be quite as sharp. Yeah, but it it didn't seem to affect them much at all to be out there. It was like it was like they desired to be out there and wanted to be out there, and they're just as sharp at the end as they were at the beginning. And it was like 110 on the turf at Indiana. That was a really hot day, and you're like, man, Big Ten. They're going to start imposing their will, and the defense just continued to stand up. It was, it was impressive. I I actually looked at Murray State as kind of the blueprint if you're going against this defense. You know, could just completely take out trying to get an explosive play, and just say, okay, if we can get four yards, four yards, five yards, three yards, because Murray State's to sustain some drives against this UC team, and in my opinion. That, that's that's the only way around this defense is, hey, it's going to be really hard to get a home run. We might have to dink and dunk, let the play clock run down, be on the field as much as possible. That would be the only way to attack this defense, in my opinion. Now, one of, one of the last questions I want to leave you with here as we try and get you out of here in a little bit, um, the Big 12 move, how much did that mean to you as being part of the – just cornerstone for getting this program to where it is and being a, a large part of getting the university to where they were even able to apply, much less finally be accepted into a big conference like this. Well, when when the the original expansion happened and UC was kind of left out, it, it just felt like the wind was out of the sail because you missed out on that. And then you go into the dark days of, of Senator Tuberville's run here at Cincinnati. And then Luke Fickle's first year was four wins. And you just felt like, you know, in the back of your mind, it's like, man, I, I remember when Cincinnati football was this, and this is not what we want to be. And this is not what you want to do. And at the end of every conversation you had about UC, they got to get into a conference. They got to get into a conference. Every single conversation when they're good, when they're bad, got to get into a conference. And now that conversation is done and you don't have to have it anymore. And you have the money and you have the backing and you have the TV, you know, no offense to ESPN three, but I get tired of having to stream UC games yeah. on ESPN three. Yep. And okay. So I get into the big 12 and, and now I don't have to worry about that. You know, Mike Oresco has done a great job with the American athletic conference and pushing them to be the, the group of five and the power six and, and I really respect all that, but until the Big 12 or until a conference happened, that was going to always be the knock on the University of Cincinnati. And it was the knock on UCF and every other team that, that had that ability. So it's not just the Big 12, but it's, okay, you're bringing UCF, you're bringing Houston. BYU has been fantastic the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. uh, so you're really bringing some good programs with you. 
in a uh, in a conference that's going to be loaded from a basketball standpoint, Absolutely. and a conference that is going to give you great opportunities in football. Again, no respect, and I know that I know from trying to get tickets this week. I know Temple sold out, and I know that that crowds are coming back, but it's a lot easier to sell West Virginia coming into Cincinnati than it is to sell Tulsa at the end of the year coming into Cincinnati. Uh, and, and that was the Big East days, right? It was Louisville, West Virginia, UConn was really good, Rutgers, Syracuse. All of these teams were, were good draws. And now that you're getting back into that conference, you're going to get that at Nippert Stadium. You're going to get that on road trips. And uh, it, it, it kind of brings things full circle that that everything that went into this was was worth it because it, it it's gotten you to that point and then your 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 stadium has been upgraded your basketball arena has been upgraded uh, they're they're adding money to the uh, the locker rooms they are uh, they're full steam ahead and and ideally full steam ahead to be able to uh, to pay coaches more money when that time comes. Now, do you think Nippert needs to be upgraded again to allow for more fans to attend games? I think they have the ability to, to increase the, uh, the the upper area, but I, I, I will attest, I've played in some really cool places. I've played in some crazy environments. Um, Nippert Stadium, uh, a sold-out Nippert Stadium is one of the best environments, and that's not a biased opinion. That's from you know having a chance to play in the NFL and talk to players that came into Nippert and were wowed you know, by, by what it was. And it's, and, and part of what makes Nipper Nipper is, is its location and where it's sitting. And you don't want to take away from that too much, especially when you already have the noise and the atmosphere and everything that goes along with it. I think Nipper's fine as it is. Um, as long as it continues to sell out, it'll be, it'll be great. Now, did you sign the jersey for Rocky Boyman before you had to wear it? Or no, it? no. See, I'm collecting a lot of debts right now. I'm, I'm <laughs> collecting a lot. You know, it's so Rocky Boyman, he's got one coming. Jordan Cornette, who went to Notre Dame, who's a Cincinnati guy. He works for ESPN now, ACC Network. He's got a jersey coming. So, you know, I, I put myself out there. I, I was going to have uh, a lot of bad days ahead. Uh, if UC didn't pull that game out. So right now I am, uh, you know, as the, uh, as the, I, I can't think of where the coach was from, but, uh, you know, it was a, a smaller school that went and they got paid a lot of money and they won the game and he ended his speech with, now, now go get my money. That, that's kind of <laughs> what I feel like right now. UC got 1.2 to go beat Notre Dame and, and I'm getting to collect some debts on it as well. Was that Appalachian State, Michigan? No, I think it was like the NC, NC A&T or something coach uh it was fantastic i'm i uh, i i have the clip uh that i use on my show now just to go get my money so awesome. you bring up you bring up debts do you do you think i i know i said we weren't going to talk about the reds guys but do you think that paying your debt oh. to mo egger was the the straw that broke the camel's back on this red season you know a lot of cincinnati fans are going to look to to somewhere to point the finger um I would just want to clarify the bet for Mo Egger and I was not that the Reds would make the playoffs. It was simply the over under number, um, which I paid my bet. You know, I'm, I am a, uh, I'm a, I'm a man that pays his dues. I'm a, I'm a fair man out of all this. So when Mo Egger kind of put it out there, like, look, Reds are kind of cruising. My lock looks pretty good. Okay. I'll pay the man. Here's your skyline. And after that, the Reds lose eight series in a row. And I absolutely get crushed. So 
I guess uh, I guess what they say is any publicity is good publicity. So I'll take whatever it is. It was the, the NCAT Aggies. Yes, now that's it. That was the clip. Now pay me my money. Yep. <laughs> well, if the shoe fits on the uh, on the Cincinnati curse that you brought screaming back. Just saying. I'll take, I'll take it. Hi, Tony. Hi, Chad. How you doing, buddy? I'm great. How, now, see, I said earlier, I told you about all those Notre Dame fans that, that came at me. I now understand what Chad Brendel goes through on a daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> Except see, right. from everywhere. See, Chad's, Chad's so good to go back at it. I just take the extreme petty route. I just went back and liked all of them. Yeah, I like the I like the kerfuffle. I like the you know messing with them a little bit and having some fun. Exactly, but that's okay. You know, somebody's got to have some fun with these people on the internet. It's the internet. It's supposed to be fun. Hey, you know, you talk about Cincinnati curses. I, I don't think it was a coincidence that in the span of like a week, UC went on the road, or I'm sorry, the Bengals went on the road. They won in Pittsburgh. They won in prime time. UC goes and beats Notre Dame. All of a sudden, a couple days later, Twitter, or I'm sorry, Facebook and Instagram completely <laughs> crash. Out. Right. Deleted. See, you want to talk about signs of the apocalypse. Uh, the Rams or uh, the Chargers game had a lightning delay the other night. There's more likely to be an earthquake than lightning there. In a dome. Starting to put everything together. There, there's some stuff going on right now that's apocalyptic. <laughs> it was good it was, and by the way, Tony. That chicken parm, you have to do it immediately. Dude, that chicken I parm looked like it was a whole chicken. Yeah. It was massive. I saw the pictures. And your problem is <laughs> the place is only open until 2, and you're on the air until 2. The bread bar in Walnut Hills, by the way, is what we're talking about. They, the best, the single best chicken parm sandwich I've ever had. They open until 2. It's a lunch, lunch spot. Crowd. Tony, I'll fly, I'll fly if you buy. Man, what a, two o'clock? I'm either on the radio yeah. or sleeping. Aaron, <laughs> drop it off at the station for you. I'll, I'll I'll fly if you buy. Yeah, sure, great. I'll be in touch. Bring it to the studio. <laughs> bring it to the studio. You got to get oh. Austin something. Maybe get him like a a baguette. Austin seems just, like he'd like a baguette. Just, just a baguette. Just a baguette. No. <laughs> When Austin starts changing his allegiance fully to the Bearcats, I'll start getting him stuff. How about what that guy – can we talk about what that guy pulled Tony on Saturday? It's incredible. Austin shows up, Austin Elmore, Audie Elmore, Tony's producer for, for Cincy 360. He shows up in a black Under Armour yeah. order zip, right? Black I'm, Under Armour I'm here to support zip. you. I'm here to support you. The Buckeye game comes on. And he's got what looks like a red T-shirt under the quarter yeah. zip. He zips it down, pulls it apart on the first Ohio State touchdown. After Ohio State scored. There's an Ohio State logo just underneath the yeah. zipper. That son of a bitch planned it. Yeah, because because in Austin's mind, he didn't want to, to pull it out early because Rutgers could have very well beat that team. Right? <laughs> <laughs> But he had it concealed, and he tried a, to play a trick on all of us. There's a complex, Chad. When when UC's ranked higher than Ohio State, it, it's there's something that's just so perfect about the world we live in. Yeah, I do. UC yesterday, 
I compared Desmond. I told you this 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 morning on since or this afternoon on Cincy 360. I compared Desmond Ritter's uh, performance at practice on Tuesday to the Tony Pike era. He was dropping dimes, deep balls, crossing routes over the middle, thirty yards, twenty yards, fifteen yard digs, like all the throws. Des was in his bag, and Justin Williams and I were were standing next to each other, like this looks like the Brian Kelly Bearcats a little bit. We, I was asked on the show today by a caller, what was the more dynamic, powerful duo? Was it Ritter and Burrow or Palmer and Pike? Ooh. Now, that was, that was Carson Palmer when they went 10 and 6, I think. That's quite a question. That's a good question. That's a hell of a question. Again, I think this kind of goes back to our best game ever. You have to wait and see how the season plays out. Exactly. You answer that question. Exactly. This UC team is going defeated, and the Bengals need to get to at least 10 wins. That's a good point. If they get get to nine and UC goes undefeated, I think I might still take. Deal. Although although there's rumblings this week from Urban's actions that the 2009 Sugar Bowl may be forfeited. Oh, Oh, oh! You know there there may be a bit there may have been some illegal actions down there. Aaron Hernandez was involved. I can now say that freely without worrying about things. People's oil might have been checked. There was an oil check. <laughs> just saying. I'm just saying. If 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 that if if that happened this weekend, imagine what was happening up there when Urban Meyer was the coach. What has all been swept under the rug, and what did we not see it at Florida? that may come to light here soon and result in a 2009 Sugar Bowl win for the Bearcats that I would claim. I can't wait for the 30 for 30. I cannot wait for the 30 for 30 on Urban Meyer. Just on Urban Meyer. Not on, not on Urban Meyer, Florida. Not on Urban Meyer, Ohio State. Just Urban not on Urban Meyer, Jacksonville, but just yep. Urban Meyer. It'll never happen in our lifetime. There will, <laughs> that won't, I don't know, that man. won't that'd be, come out. That'd be, that'd be a good one. But it'll be good. Hey, before we Here's let Tony go, I want to know. Here's what Tony and I want to know, Jeff and Ed. Like, when are you guys going to be at a watch party? Aaron was there. Soccer season's almost oh. over. I was I was at my son's football game watching them beat a a, a hated rival. Was it and Redding? Over, and over, it was not Redding because he doesn't play for Wyoming. <laughs> <laughs> we already we already had this talk. Yeah, the school, Tony played for the school across the tracks. So that's just how that was. No. I also, I also thought it was a pretty weak move that uh, Aaron's mom had to arrive before he did. That's Ooh. normal. That's you making wow. your mom get there and wait for. Her. You got to get there on time. That's normal. Well, I mean, she's she's on a walker. She needed to make sure she got a table. I I live like ten blocks away, and I didn't walk there yet. You live you ten should... blocks away, and your mom beat you to the damn restaurant. Yeah. That's true. You should have been there early and had a table already set up for it. For your mom. I was getting ready to walk out the door, and her boyfriend called me and said, "I just dropped off your mom. Do you want me to come pick you up?" And I'm like, "Yeah, that's <laughs> stop. That's cool. wow. Stop." Yeah. <laughs> and his mom was like a lost puppy in there, just just hoping Aaron was getting ready to walk in at any time. I don't know. I, I think she was more than happy that she got to converse with you before I got out there. <laughs> Hey, before we let Tony go, I have to ask him this question. Um, what is the best uh, closed sports bar, and why is it Hoops? Ooh, that's a, well, you've answered it there. I mean, Hoops, let me tell you, Hoops used to have dollar beer on Wednesday nights, like dollar beer cans. 
you want to talk about doing some damage. They had great pizza that you can throw in the oven. Um, hoops was the spot. They had a golden tea machine in there. They had a ping pong table at one point, a pool table, darts. Um, I used to race people in front of that, that, that would drink. I would like take money from people because they'd be like, Oh, I watched you in the sugar bowl and you couldn't take three steps without falling over. Surely <laughs> I can keep you down the street. <laughs> All right, put your money up. I used to, I used to drink for. I, I got paid to drink. I would make so much money off people down at hoops. I mean, fifteen dollars is fifteen beers. So hey, whatever, exactly. whatever, the, whatever the bet is, who cares? Exactly. It was hoops, and now it's Augies. Augies in Reading as well. Always gets it done. Well, there you go, I, Tony. That brings up a follow-up question for me. Who could drink more beer? Me. And, and just no, I, I don't. You better hear the the, the names in this question. In a straight up beer drinking contest, Mo Egger, Tony Pike, Jason Kelsey, Connor Barwin. I've heard those two are legendary. Jason, I would go Jason Connor, and then I would be like a distant, distant third. I've heard stories of those two finishing cans of beer before they like, like they opened the the, the tab. Inhumane. And the can was gone. It's inhumane. Someone handed him a Bud Light from the crowd this weekend, and he just yeah, right there. Tony, I want you to know my mom's texting me right now, and she just said uh, it's because I'm awesome, and that's why I beat you to the Holy Grail. It's correct. So she's she is watching. Usually, when you usually when you come to a watch party, you want to get there early enough to watch and, and have a seat. So <laughs> we did all right. Did, well did at any point Aaron smack the shit out of you, sneak attack from behind during the game? He did that to me a couple times. I, I never did yeah. that. I just shook your shoulder, Chad. No, that's because I, you know, I, I was the guy that brought both of his infants to the bar, so I was always like within arm's reach of them. So it'd be, you have to be careful when you're coming up. They, they, they uh, <laughs> are, are we getting Tony out of here now? We're getting Tony out of here. We're, now, we're right? over our time limit, Tony. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's it's time for me to go like change diapers and, and stuff like that. No. Uh, for the record, I have no kids. That, that was my niece, but but thank you. <laughs> Tony, Aaron was like, this is my, my niece, and that's my sister. And I was like, well, if that wasn't your sister, yeah. there's a real fucking problem. Well, there would be a problem. And at the end of it, you know, it's like it was introduced like, hey, this is my sister. She just had to borrow a diaper. And I'm like, okay, that kind of happens now. <laughs> I, th I thought we were getting Tony out of here. Is that happening? <laughs> yeah. Hey, thank you guys for having me. Tony, hey, we appreciate it. Thank you very much. I'm like, I guess, I guess I'm like the JV, and then you guys bring on the varsity here at the end. Oh no, we well, have. Tony, I, I got to ask for a review. What's your, what's your uh, rating? What's your opinion on what will now officially be introduced as the newest podcast in the Bearcat Journal Podcast Network? Top of How the top, ten point oh. That's what I'm talking about. I love it. We appreciate it. You gave us a half hour, and here you are, forty five minutes later. So. Hopefully the kids are sleeping. That's much appreciated. <laughs> That's why I went the extra 20 minutes. I haven't heard any crying yet, so appreciate well, you guys. Thank you, Tony Pike. We appreciate it. You can catch him on 1530 pretty much every day of the week. Um, roughly at what? Your show is at? Not roughly. Yeah. Noon to two. It's, it's pretty hard start and stop. <laughs> 
uh, that's how radio shows are. We start, you know, when we we try to start at certain time. Yeah, Tony starts on time in the podcast world. But Tony Pipe, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much, sir. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, Tony. So, Chad, you brought it up. This is the official announcement of the evening. Look, I even changed my background. Yeah, I love that, by the way, Jeff. That was like, I was like, I don't know, Aaron. Like, maybe Ed did that. It was my idea. Ed, it was. You, you, you wanted to put it on the old logo, <laughs> and I said, why can't we put it on the new logo on the, on the exclamation point? I mean, it's on the my exclamation thought... point on the other one, too. My thought was on the P of pardon the punctuation, the first P of pardon the punctuation, and you just make it look like the same as it does on the B for yeah. Bearcat Journal. But when Aaron sent me that, I was like, oh, that's it. That's hot. I like it. That's hot. So I, 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 mean, I don't know who did your original clause, but Todd had that done a long time ago. I, I couldn't find like a high res version of it. So I had to like put it over on uh on my ipad and then tra and then trace it and make it, like, <laughs> make it work and then and then that the you had everyone and i'm sure it's probably still going oh, on everyone right? is like up in arms over your because <laughs> like I, I i think you guys have stopped we stopped pretty much using that the uh yeah i went bad signal because everybody's because like everybody's taken it over and has used it for themselves so i was like i'm going back and using the Oh, throw this one together and then when you put it out and there's like everybody was like oh what is this i'm so confused i don't know what to do with this <laughs> my hands i don't know what to do with my hands well it was outstanding i loved it i'm just yeah. mad i just got this hat now that the logo is already dated yeah it's old well it's vintage vintage, vintage. <laughs> we know where we come from this is our, this is our background we can I know you guys use somebody else, but you know, I could have those those in the store at five one three shirts on a hat like tomorrow. Oh, we so. tried that once. We're not tied to anything. Well, no, they were okay. they were cool with us. We just didn't have the money. No, you know, <laughs> we apparently we have friends in high places now. You got friends in high places okay, now. All right. Do you want me to make the so, announcement? Do you want me to make it official? Well, I, I want you to, to talk about not only the announcement, but also what it means for Bearcat Journal and how this is actually going to be a thing going forward. Okay. So as of now, going forward, pardon the punctuation, is part of the Bearcat Journal network. We did it, guys. We did it. Yay. Oh, you, you, went, you went Ryan Royer. <laughs> I, I, like the, I like Ryan Royer. <laughs> Yeah. So we started a new board this morning. It's called the Banks. Uh, the Banks is going to be an off-topic board. Uh, I anticipate there's going to be a lot of Reds, a lot of Bengals, a lot of food, a lot of gifts and memes and randomness. It's going to be fun. Uh, I, I see this podcast as kind of an anchor, kind of a staple of what Bearcat Journal wants to do and adding a new board because I didn't. Here's the thing. We had talked about in the past adding an off-topic board. But you guys know me. If I'm going to add something, there's going to be content attached. Like, it's not just going to be we're going to throw something together. Um, I don't want this to change what you guys do, okay? 
I still want you guys to stay on your channels. I still want you to stay on your feeds. I still want you to do what you're doing. Which, by but the way, you can catch us on YouTube under Pardon the Punctuation. We are on all available networks under Pardon the Punctuation. It's not necessarily going to be available under the BCJ pod when you are subscribed to the BCJ pod, but you can find us on all of those networks, whether it be Apple Podcasts or Spotify, uh, Spotify or wherever. We, we, we've never talked about this. I don't mind doing that if you guys want to do that. I will put the audio and the description and all of that into the Bearcat Journal Podcast Network feed. I wanted to let you guys keep your intellectual property. I think like, I think we should leave things as is, the way that yeah. people have subscribed. And if they don't, that way, if they don't want to listen to us, which I mean, let's be honest, if they're subscribed to you, they want that Bearcat stuff. We're not always going to necessarily give you that Bearcat stuff, but we always include Bearcats if there's something going on. So that's you know we, so, we do the Cincinnati sports thing. So I'm not going to be here all the time. This is this is Ed, Jeff, and Aaron. Like uh, I'll pop in from time to time if they there's something you see they want to talk to me about. I'm always going to be available. This is their podcast. This is nothing more than I enjoy this podcast, and I think it is beneficial to Bearcat Journal. I think it is beneficial to this podcast mutually for all of us to work together to make this podcast bigger to give members of Bearcat Journal additional content, um, to, to let people know about a podcast on our network that is very good. And as you guys know, I don't like anything. You don't like people. I don't like people. <laughs> and I like your guys' podcast. I like it so much that I want it to be a part of what we're doing at Bearcat Journal. I want it to be an anchor for the banks. For the new board so when you guys get done you send me your embed codes i will put it on the front page i will have it at the top of the bank's board and if you talk uc football it'll be on the uc football board if you talk uc basketball it'll be on the uc basketball board if you talk both it'll be on both boards and if you son of a bitches just add in like three minutes of UC football and UC basketball every week. So I have to put you on both of those boards. I'm going to come back on here and raise hell. So Hit, the trifecta. Hit the trifecta. I'm just setting some ground rules. Just wait until we just throw in like two minutes of right. UC baseball. Right. So I got to so put it on the uke as well. Ooh, yeah. No, but, but – for, for any new listeners, we've been doing this for about four years. This isn't like a new thing for us. Like Chad's been apparently vetting us for, for months. He has been on our Good YouTube. Story. He's been on our YouTube streams. He's been in our comments. He's hopped on like texting me like, hey, I got something to say about what it is that you're talking about. And he's been watching us live. So this isn't like some cockamamie thing that we're just kind of hoping works out or anything like that. Like there's been a lot of thought and a lot of energy that's gone into this partnership. And uh, I don't think that as a founding member of this and and just as a person who works for Chad, I don't think I could be prouder of the work that we put in to get here. I, I've just... got good news for, for Ed and Jeff too. Oh, you know yeah? what this means? You're going to send me one of those hats? We get to be a part of Brindle's Bites. They, they get comped. You're now comped. I get free wings at Midwest Best? Journal community. Oh, okay. What? I have that with that too. No, like I'm comping your subscriptions. Like you I, don't have to pay for Bearcat oh, Journal anymore. I'm down with that too. I, I get comp and I think food. Like I think it was. I, I think it was like, like uh, it was like twenty six dollars. I think. Yes, yeah, twenty six. Yeah, for a whole year. 
and, and it was totally worth it. And I tweeted out that it was totally worth it whenever I did that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Now, now Jeff, be ser- like, be serious though. It is totally worth for, it. For, it's it's it, we it we produce a lot of we do a, the, a good work. We do our it, and it, it so. gets to the point. It get, it literally gets to the point. Like I have to like put my phone down and away from me because I just scroll through and I'm like, I mean, it, it's it's worse than like TikTok. Because every, I feel like if I go into one into one like rabbit hole, by the time I come out of it, there's another rabbit hole that has already started with like forty pages worth of, of stuff that I feel like I have to read. And At so, least you aren't being killed on every podcast that you do. You don't get killed you on kill this me podcast all the, all the time. Not on man. no, not on this podcast. No. Oh, on my okay. on my other my other on podcast. The on the bounce, on the bounce. Skins I can ki- kill him every every I, show every week. You gotta think. Like, Skins Skin sent me a DM on Twitter this week. He was just like, "Thanks for being it? a good." He was like, "Thanks for basically being a good sport about all this." Quartering was an excellent option. <laughs> Did he send you the Lacey Chaubert? Uh, was that her name, Lacey Chaubert? Like the party from of Party five? of Five? Yeah. yeah. He, he didn't, didn't send, send me that. No, no he, I love he, her. He sends. He's he's known for sending this message about Lacey Chaubert that if karma is real. Is there a chance that I'll be uh, reincarnated as Lacey Chaubert's bicycle seat? Unbelievable! <laughs> Unbelievable! I just responded, no. That that might no. be even that that might be actually more outlandish than your uh, your moose humping a uh, a crane or whatever that was. I saw that say to my desktop. That was awesome, Ed. Was that not awesome? Yeah, the absolutely. Moose the crane. I'll, I'll tweet it right now. <laughs> And I'll tweet on top of it. Pardon the punctuation is now part. <laughs> That's how we announce. That's how we announce. It's it's breaking. It's official. Pardon the punctuation is now part of the Bearcat Journal. Well, here, it's right here. Moose makes love to tractor. Huh? I found it in a file right here. Moose makes love to tractor. Well, I think I speak on behalf of everyone here when I say thank you, Chad, for the opportunity. We are more than excited to be part of the umbrella Ella Ella A. Um, but that was, also, uh, that was also a great tweet. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, people have seen this coming for a little while. Those who were actually putting pieces together, as you like to throw out, like your, you know, your uh, Nicholas Cage in that movie where he hunts for treasure secrets and and. What national treasure? What? National treasure. National treasure. Yeah, yeah. Is that his best movie though? Because I, I, I know it's gone in sixty seconds. It's not. That's not his best movie. We can have that conversation when Chad's gone if you okay, want. Right. But, um, thank you for the opportunity, Absolutely. and uh, we're we're super excited to see what this brings for all of us. Obviously. Well, and and here's the thing: like, to to pull the curtain back even a little farther. I would not have started the off-topic board if I didn't know that you guys were going to, like, be the anchor of that. Like, we had been, there has been conversations about doing an off-topic board for years. But I wanted something to be kind of like the glue of, like, why we did it. And to, to have it make sense. And to have it have some, like, rhyme or reason and not just starting something to start something. And I think you guys are perfect, man. I, I really do. And 
I, I love the opportunity to uh, to add to the discussion at Bearcat Journal. I think, you know, and I want to make something else clear. The the banks is a VIP board, right? It's a, it's a board that's only for Bearcat Journal members, but that is never going to change you guys putting this podcast out for free. So right. the podcast is going to be free, but as part, like if you want to comment on it, you better subscribe to Bearcat Journal so I can cover uh, letting Ed and Jeff have free memberships. And like I said before, it is worth every penny. And that's not just because now I'm being comped a membership. <laughs> I paid for the membership before and it was worth it. And I would continue to pay for it if I had to. Well, again, like you said, like sometimes, man, I, Jeff, I get tired of reading all the threads and it's my, it's literally my job to read every post and every thread. Like that is what I am required to do. There are some days, like, I, I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, the little, there's like a little, uh, like, socket at the top right, like, top right of the board. And if you go there and it drops down, there's something that says clear all gleams. And you can just erase all the notifications that you have, that you have, like, seven things to read in this thread. And, like, the nine-plus thing drives me nuts because I don't know if there are 10 posts to read in that thread, if there are 50 posts to read in that thread. <laughs> and sometimes I just have to hit clear all gleams so that in my conscience, I no longer have to worry about anything anybody said that was there waiting for me to read. That's what I'm saying. Like I, I come back out of one thread and there's a thread that says nine plus and I'm like, oh man, I'm clicking it. And I get in there and and it is like, you know, it might be a couple hours later that I open it up and that nine plus is still there. And I'm like, please just say like, you know, 273 new posts that I'm going to have to scroll through. We have created an outstanding, like an incredible community at Bearcat Journal. And uh, I am excited. I'm genuinely, thoroughly excited to have you guys be a part of it, man. Welcome. Great job with Tony tonight. And uh, I can't wait to throw this on the uh, the front page. Do I? Did you talk basketball? Do I have to put it in basketball too, or do I just have to put it in football? Yeah, never made it to hoops. <laughs> basketball. <laughs> what? It just says basketball it's now. Basketball. Wes wore a suit today. We, we never made it to hoops. Have you made it to practice though this week? Uh, I made yeah. it a little bit Tuesday um, before right. I had to go to football practice. Um, Did I, you already I, talk about it though on the BCJ pod? A, a little bit, but I, I'll, I'll reiterate what I said here if you if you'd like. Um, I haven't had a lot of time to really dig into like you know the 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 overall specifics because they're not at a point that they're playing a lot of five on five yet. Right. They're doing like yesterday, there was a lot of five on O where they were installing some like offensive philosophy. Well, last you know week five on O is Ed? <laughs> no, I'm just laughing that you really did retweet the moose humping the tractor. <laughs> Ed. Ed, here's if you haven't figured this out yet, I know you were going to do it. I know no it. Fake the funk. There's He's no not a bullshit. If I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Don't bullshit a bullshitter. <laughs> I think that's why we're a good fit, right? 
Um, no, well, before you before you go into any more detail, though, I did talk to Crystal Poor when we were down at the the watch party, and they did basically defense drills from Friday through. Like, it yeah. what, there was there was nothing that really took off offensively anyway before you got to no, witness a practice. And they're they're in still you're, they're still like this is this is Wes has said this in the couple interviews that we've had with him and and this is really the hard part for a coach, um, like back when we talked about the start of football practice, the start of camp at Higher Ground, we talked about how fast they hit the ground running. And that's because there were so many veterans. This this basketball team's not in that position. They they're. Uh, this is the exact comparison I made. So if you listen to the BCJ pod and you're listening to this, you're like, Chad, shut the fuck up. I just heard this. Um, fast forward about but, five minutes. <laughs> yeah, fast forward three minutes and you can skip this part. You know, football was able to start camp at 300 level classes. Basketball is starting the start of practice at 100 level courses. And they're they're having to go through every step of the process. now. Coaching staffs hate it. They hate it because it, it just means that they have to spend a lot of time teaching that they want to spend coaching. Uh, but the, the team has really, really practiced at a high level of, of intensity when I've been there. I think that's something you always want to see. Um, I, I really have been impressed with watching West coach, the way he's able to go from uh, super intense to – you know, if guys are messing up, he's on them. And if they correct what he was yelling at them for, he's giving them a pat on the back. And I think that, and especially the way things work now with 18 to 22-year-olds, that's the secret recipe. Luke Fickle does it. I think Wes Miller is right there behind him in that, you know, kids don't mind being yelled at as long as you're not an asshole to them every second. If they screw up, they expect to be yelled at. But they also expect when they get it right for you to say, exactly, thank you. That's what I was talking about. Good job. Now, do it again and make it, you know, repetitive. Make it something that you can do all the time. So uh, I, I've been really impressed by that part. That, like, that's the biggest takeaway I've had from practice so far is I like the pace and I like the um, just the overall – feel the overall kind of you know emotion around practice it doesn't get too high it doesn't get too low uh and and the one thing i like about wes is uh and and this is another thing i said on the bcj pod because i don't have a whole lot of you know all that many original things to say in the span of two hours um wes is a guy <laughs> that doesn't seem to get mad for long like i always thought like when mick got mad mick was mad for like the rest of the day <laughs> until he got home to do homework with Sammy. He was pretty pissed off. If he got really mad, I, I've seen with West the ability to get pissed off. And then like three minutes later, like he forgot that he was pissed off three minutes ago. Uh, and that's a quality I really like in people because you get mad, like you lose your cool, especially in those like environments. You, you get emotional, you pop off the people that let it hang over them. You know, I think it does, it's a detriment to them. The people that are able to get mad express that anger, and then two minutes later, they're like, all right, what's up? Let, let's go get some lunch. Like, I, I have a lot of respect for that, uh, mainly because that's, like, how my dad raised me. 
we we got into a like when I got at that that stage, you know, when you're like 13, 14, you think you can beat up your dad. And I tried that one time and he kind of hog tied me, you know, and I had my pride hurt. <laughs> Having met both but, you and your dad, I would have loved to have seen like just been a fly on the wall during all of that. Remember, at this time I was like 108 pounds. I stand by my statement. No, you're right. Like I agree. Uh, and then like eight minutes later, we were going to get something to eat. Like that's, you know, that's just how I was raised. So I really appreciate that in, uh, in a coaching style. So, uh, that's talking UC basketball. And now you assholes well, found your way onto the Jucker court board. I do have a follow-up question though. You bring I'm not up talking baseball. You son of a bitch. Do you know Kevin Euclid? Do you know Kevin Euclid? I heard he was a pretty good baseball player. For UC. <laughs> I, I was going to say, you, you, you bring up not running kids into the ground and all of that. So it would be behest me if I wasn't to ask you about what we learned about the uh, the John Brandon thing. I don't, care. I don't care. I'm not talking about it. I don't care. If you want to know what's going on with the John Brandon lawsuit, at Williams underscore Justin, he will have all of your information. Friend of the show, Justin Williams. Yeah. Don't don't come to me for information on the John Brandon lawsuit because I don't get I like I don't care. I was just trying to make a joke, really. I know. But I was just making sure that people understood that if you're coming to me for that like, information, don't tweet at Chad Brendel. Yeah, <laughs> like, that shit ain't He's coming for me. Tweet at you with Justin Williams Twitter at. I, I, I can't, I can't also, wait. And also a link to the Athletic. Right. Yeah. I we can't should. wait until B Fox does his full like lawyer rundown on this entire saga from start to finish because I feel like that's coming in like a 15 page. Just right up of, deposition. I of, mean, of everything. Yeah, I, I feel like he'd be wasting his talent if he didn't actually <laughs> do a just full take on everything from start to finish at some point. So there's no lawsuits against the baseball team or the the swim team, right? Like, <laughs> I don't think there's a swim board, Ed. I think I think my comp just got revoked. Wait, we, now we lost Chad. <laughs> This is why Ed's not going to get Paramount Plus. <laughs> you ever All been right. stabbed? You ever been stabbed with a dull pair of scissors, Ed? Not a dull pair of scissors, no. Yeah, I don't think they're going to do much. <laughs> I don't think they're all that dangerous. We we bought them when we had like a four year old, so you know. If I if I get you all the way down here and like the like the little the, that part, I might be able to pinch you to the point that it hurts kind of bad. But like oh, this is man. all rounded. Like I don't I don't think I'm going to be able to do too much damage. But I just right. wanted to let you know I was serious. Well, you want to stick around for Bengals talk or you out? No, you guys do your thing. I I would I gotta I gotta get up and and take the little one to school. And Kelly's got a long day tomorrow and. Uh, we got a lot going on, but uh, Ed, when you get done, get there. Aaron, are you going to send them to me? Are you no, going to? This, this is this is Ed's responsibility. He knows how to pull the, the the embed codes. So you have to give him my email, Aaron. That's fine. That's your responsibility. I'm, I yeah. can handle that. I'm gonna I'm gonna do the audio, and I'm gonna do the video. So when you when you do this, when it's on the front page of Bearcat Journal. You will get the audio uh, code for uh, the the Pardon the Punctuation podcast. You will also get the video. And uh, I am thrilled, thrilled to have you guys in the BCJ network. And uh, 
open invitation if you guys ever want to write anything reds bengals whatever uh i'll put that in the uh in the banks board as well to clarify you 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 mean open invitation to us or open invitation to anyone you for now if you want to apply send me a dm send me a writing sample make sure you're drunk you know we'll we'll see how it is what'd you say make sure you're drunk you have to make sure Aaron was drunk Saturday and he was driving me fucking nuts. <laughs> so drunk is not always good. But if you, you know, if you could have only seen me when I got the nicotine poisoning, if you could have only seen the look on his face like a sad puppy when I kicked him out and made him go outside. We, did, we he, did he tell you this, Jeff? Did he tell you no, this? No, I've heard any of this. It was on the podcast. Listen, oh, yeah, to, listen yeah, to the yeah, BCJ yeah. pod. Yeah, he kicked because of the because of the shoulder the thing. Because he kept grabbing him. No, 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 not the shoulder. No, it's because thing, he kept so... because of the. Um, no. I was, was bored. The the sack fumble. The yeah. Des sack fumble. Right before the Des, like as the Des sack fumble was happening, Jeff, he leans into me and he goes, "How good do you think this is going to be for UC if we shut them out?" And oh, as God. the words were coming out of his mouth, there was a sack fumble. Except it happened on our TV, which was on a 10-second delay from the TV that was outside on the Red Stadium, which is on a roughly a five-second delay from real time. So it had happened 15 seconds before I said a word. For the record. That doesn't it's still matter. your fault. It yeah, matter. it's still your fault. Yeah, See, everybody agrees but you. That's fine. They don't even like me. <laughs> and, and, and the look on his face when I was like, you got to go. Like, you can't stand here next to me and talk anymore. You have to go. And so he just stood outside and pouted for, like, ten minutes. I, pout. I watched on uh, th- without the ten-second delay. You <laughs> stood there at that, like, little pillar. Yeah. Smoking your vape with your... Yeah. That would later poison you. Literally yeah. poison you. Yeah. With your arms on the, on the, the, the little concrete and your head down. No, I, watched, I was watching like a video. wounded dog. Man, my mom's listening to this. Like you're making me sound real bad. Right <laughs> I was watching the game out there. It's fun. You knew you shouldn't have said what you said. Yeah, you can't. I was, knew you shouldn't have brought up the shutout. I was you watching you the game. You can't do that. That's like about a no hitter. Yep. That's like buying cheese conies to pay off a bet for something that it didn't happen for three and- weeks. And now we've come full circle. You did it, Chad. You did it. Ah, love it. All right, boys. Talk Bengals. Have a good time. Thanks, Chad. Look for this shit on the front page of Bearcat Journal tomorrow morning. Thank you, boys. Welcome. Love having you. I can't wait for what's next. Thanks, Chad. Thanks, Chad. Thank you. There it is. All right. We got we got all of that in there. I gotta say during the uh, during the uh, the Bearcats game, so like we got back. Declan's team had that, that's my oldest son. He had they had a, a great overtime win in their game in the morning, and I sent Ed and Aaron a message like, okay, for those of you who don't know, Declan is his son. I already said that. I said he's my oh, oldest. He son. just said that. Oh, I missed that. I was uh, I'm getting notifications. Sorry, all we're on a we're on know, a five second too. delay from Aaron. That's fine. I'm, I'm... <laughs> he, had, he had won his game in the morning and overtime, and they wear their their black and red. So I'm like, you know, the first the first black and red team has won today. Like we got to take care of take business when we get home. So like I get home, and he's like, we got to watch the game. You know, we're watching it downstairs, and he negotiates a deal for. A, I, I tweeted this out back 
you know, on Saturday, but he negotiated a deal for a dollar a can to go upstairs and, and bring me beers down. So not not a dollar per trip. I called you when you were wasted. Yeah, a dollar per a dollar per can. And then then he got smart and realized Ah, I'm not bringing the 16 ounce cans. I'll just bring the 12 ounce cans. So I have to get, so I think I'm into him for, I don't know, like 15 bucks or something. I, I wanted you to say $25. Oh, I'm no. Him, no way. I'm sending my kid no, over to your I'm, house. He'll, he'll have his Nintendo switch in no time. Yeah. I mean, like if they want to race up and down the steps and bring me beers, I'm, I'm all for it. I mean, the fridge will be in the basement soon enough. So. Well, fellas, what an announcement that was. We have come a long way in four years. If you are listening to us for the first time, please don't go back and listen to four years ago. You will not be, you, yeah. you will not, you will not like well, it. I wasn't there. So like, yeah, I wasn't there for, there, <laughs> there are some I think, solid, I think I, just cre- I think I just crested like a, probably like a year. In. Yeah, we've, you, you a we've year. come a long way though. I mean, let's be all the way real. Like we, we've come a very long way. And we are not the same show that we once upon a time tried to be, and not, we have evolved. Not even the same show as when I first jumped on. So we used to sit around you know, a, a round table. Obviously... Go ahead. We did ahead. interviews. We had to share the same microphone because we couldn't figure out how to get that to work. Yep. I would say though there are some older ones you could go back to listen to, like that Lindsey Patterson one was was a solid one. Um, the first, oh, when Melvin Levitt called into the show. That randomly that was a good one there's some solid yeah, well, interviews with some former bearcat players in one of the episodes so, so go, feel free to listen to any of our past interviews but any of the regular shows yeah dated terribly yeah that's a good point and All right. we, we had no go. idea what we were doing especially yeah. any things that mentioned soccer yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah i couldn't so i couldn't pronounce anybody's name i called him Koch. yeah, yeah coach, no. coach Koch. No, no. You called no him FC. three different names if once on the podcast. If you're looking for FC Cincinnati content, this is this is not it's the not place to be. At. Never will be. I have a scarf. No. That's about it. Ever. So, we tried. This is what it is. We tried. All right. So, the Bengals on Thursday night, they hosted Jacksonville, and they did what they don't traditionally do on nationally televised games. They won. Yeah. So, what were your takeaways from watching that game? I mean, it, it to me, it's just like a, it's kind of a, a turning point, and you know, you you beat the Steelers that you went up, and not only we, I know we talked about this. So, wouldn't the Steelers season, like, game then be the turning point? Yeah, no, but it's kind of like it's kind of like this season, like this this kind of stretch here has been. I mean, you go up to the Steelers and you 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 don't just beat them; you out and out bully the Steelers. You, mm-hmm. you do to them what they always do to us. Right? Ben fell on his own without even fell, being touched. Fell on his own, flipped the ball up. I mean, it looked ridiculous. And then you come back and you've got what is always another thing that the Bengals seem to not be able to perform under the biggest and brightest of lights. And and they they end up giving up the first touchdown of the game. They're down. And you're like, you kind of... I know uh, Tony touched on it earlier. It's that feeling that you get as a Cincinnati fan, where you're like, "We're gonna lose. This is this is, this is going this is going bad." And then it didn't. And I don't know if anybody's had a chance to listen to the uh, the Joe Burrow mic'd up thing. I haven't had a chance yet. 
So, you got I mean, up. there's, I there's a lot of out. good stuff in there. It's on Inside the NFL. I think the majority of it is uh, on YouTube now that you can you can go watch. Um, but there was just an air of confidence going on, said, on the sideline. Like he's like, and did, then at did, the end, he did. He literally said, "Put the shit in my hand." Right? He said, "He said I got this." That part I did hear. Yes, he said, "Just put the ball in my hand." And and then and and then you think in your head, "Oh God, Randy Bullock's going to kick the field goal." But you remember, the Bengals were smart, and they drafted Evan McPherson. And well, he missed a field goal yeah, for he Tennessee the field this goal. week. Yes, he did. And I, I, I sent a whole bunch of messages out, and I was like, oh. For, for those of you who are upset about the Bengals taking a, a field goal kicker in the fifth round, paid off. It's paid off twice. And in, uh, in dividends at this point, right? Like, Yeah. This, yeah. I mean, okay, so you look at it, and you're like, oh, it's a – what what was that final field goal in the in the game against uh, Jacksonville? There, what it was thirty-five like yards. Forty. How far was it? Thirty-five. Thirty-five. Okay. I so I mean, you think about it, you're like, okay, it's kind of a chip shot. But in the past, it could have been a chip shot. Uh, you can go back and look at all of the missed field goals that kind of impacted Bengals seasons, and uh, now it kind of feels like you got a guy that's going to go out there and do his job. And then get lifted up by a really big lineman, and he's a little bitty kicker, and it's great. And I love it. <laughs> he is so tiny. No, I, I, leg, and that's I thought the same thing. Like when 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 they went up fourteen to zero, I was like, "Here it is. It's the same old Bengals. The the Steelers just really suck." And I was, I to be honest with you, I almost turned off the game. I was like, "I'm tired. I'm gonna go to bed." Uh, the wife did go to bed. I did not. What? I was just going to say, Joe Burrow, for the game, went 25 of 32, so he only missed on seven passes, 348 yards for an average of 10.9, two touchdowns, no interceptions. He was only sacked once for six yards. Yep. I mean, he did everything that you could want from a quarterback, and he led to a late-game comeback because we were down at halftime, if you all remember correctly. Yeah, like, we were wasn't down a game that, It wasn't a game that we dominated from the beginning to the end. No. It was a game that we came back and won, and a game that I think I speak for all of Bengaldom when I say that a game that if Andy Dalton's your quarterback, you don't actually believe in, especially under the lights of primetime. That's the, that's the exact thing. Like I just started sitting there on the couch thinking, okay, primetime Bengals are back. Nothing's changed, you know, from the switch of uh, the coach, the switch of the quarterback. Nothing's changed. This is us. And then they come back in the in the second half and just start rolling. I mean. Yeah, you were, you were down 14 nothing at, at halftime. Yep. You score 14 unanswered points in the third quarter. And then another 10 to get you over the hump. In the, in the fourth quarter, although you did give up a Jacksonville touchdown in that quarter, but they did exactly what they needed to do. And I will, I, I think that everyone feels comfortable enough to say at this very moment in time, you give Joe Burrow the ball, regardless of what the score is, you're not out of the game. And, he's, and, and he doesn't when, have to do it with, he doesn't have to do it with the big guys. I mean, he did, I mean, the big names he did with CJ Uzada uh, and, and I mean, Joe Mixon got the one yard run. I thought that was a touchdown. For oh, Joe, Joe, Burrow, Joe but... stole a touchdown from Joe. Yeah, Joe stole from Joe. It's it's fine. They're inter- interchangeable at this point. Pat McAfee except for needed, fantasy players. Pat McAfee I mean, needed you gotta... Joe Mixon to get that so he could win his bet. So when they went, when they were down going into the half, and 
my, my brother-in-law sent me a text message and said, and he's like, he, he's more of folks here are new. So they, they might not know about the Jeffemist. Jeffemist. Um, but I've done, I've, I've tried to work on myself, uh, mostly because Aaron leaves group chats. If I start becoming the Jeffemist. I don't leave so, them. I stay in them, but I come back so, later. <laughs> right. So I've tried to work on myself here. All right. I've tried to reform my, my Cincinnati fandom. My brother-in-law is uh, worse than I am. And he sent me a message that just so said... So he's insufferable. Uh, but he sent me a message that said, we've got Joe Burrow. We're always in the game. And I was like, oh, really? You, you really believe that? Is that where you're at right now? And he's like, dude, as long as he's our quarterback, we're in the game. And you see, like, when you get to the end of the game there, and it has since come out, and it's, you know, knowledge everywhere. Everybody's heard it already. That he he checked down to a, a jailbreak screen for for Uzama and he Which runs was yeah, a touchdown play and you and you listen to the way he talks about it like okay I had I've got the playbooks in the back of my head and I know that their defensive coordinator you know whenever he wants to zero it out whatever like he's coming at, after me and sending everybody and like I know that I can hit this pass and guess what I'm gonna trust the guy that's right over here. And the play is not really designed for him, but he knows the play, so I'm going to call it. And you know, I, I think CJ even said afterwards, like, "You're you're calling this play." I'm all right. right I know now? where I got to. I know where I got to be. And but he that's, was right there, and and made the made the play to set us up. That's the evolution, though, of a quarterback going from his first year learning a playbook to his second year knowing a playbook, right? Okay. Like, okay, but you've got that, but then you've got to think about the fact that he didn't get a preseason last year. Correct. So you, you lose that. You did. He gets and hurt. He, he didn't gets get hurt. a preseason this year either, he, for that right. matter. It's true. He gets hurt midway through. So he studied the, the, the playbook, though. So th right. that's ingrained in his head. Okay, so, so looking at X's and O's is in his head, but implementing them for the Bengals isn't and the way that he is able to do that right now it is scary to think what they can build here we've never seen a quarterback like this since Carson Palmer yeah and who knows what Carson Palmer saw and what he didn't see you know we didn't have the access to the team that we have now right. so I, I don't want to I don't want to shit on on Carson Palmer no, not or at all. any he of was. that era because oh. they they did some things when when Carson was here absolutely but it's definitely encouraging to see the evolution from going from Andy Dalton to now Joe Burrow. And it's nothing short of encouraging. And the fact that we're sitting here at three and one and people are arguing if we're going to win eight games, 10 games, when most had us slotted at six before the season even started, here we are four games in the season and we're halfway there. Yeah. And that's a big deal. Now we got a, there's a, there's a big test coming down the road. Uh, this weekend so correct but I, I mean i listened to aaron Rodgers talk about the Bengals today and he said it's not an accident they're three and one they're doing some things right and they believe in themselves and they've gotten themselves to a place where this is where they are so like he understands that it's a process although i will i just want to just completely go off the road and say Everything with Aaron Rodgers and Mike Tomlin and that whole thing, like the the smile and the oh, nod yeah. and wink and all that, and the just this, it's disgusting to me how much the media wants to bring up anything Steelers at all, at all, at regardless of what costs. <laughs> like 
I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to Pittsburgh. Right. If Aaron Rodgers goes to Pittsburgh, he becomes enemy, enemy number one. But he said yes. this week on uh, Pat's show. He Pat has him on every Tuesday. Um, no, they brought that up on ESPN today. Okay, well, you're welcome. Um, he said that um, he's a big admirer of Tomlin. No, you love Pat, and I'm not going to take that away from you. You're welcome. Thank you for not taking that away from me. <laughs> But I'm just hey excited. Pat McAfee. If you're I mean, listening like, to the show, we'd like to have you on. He's never I, listened to the show. I know. A couple of weeks ago, we had our uh, when we did our hundredth, we had um, Arm Layton on, and he was like, "Hey, you guys got a lot of great things going on. Obviously, like the Reds still weren't like out of everything totally, but we could see the writing on the wall with that. But even that, I mean, the Reds finished with a, a winning record, so like they you did. can't like it, there were a lot of people that." Didn't think that was going to happen. Uh, yeah, they didn't make the playoffs. Hopefully, there's some things that happen this offseason, and we'll get into that if it if things things happen. Um, but you, you had that. You've got Bearcats football playing, you know, maybe the best that they've ever played. Ever. Uh, ever. Uh, you've got a Bengals team that's winning. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of great things going on with Cincinnati sports, and I'm here for it. We're here for it. I hope... Uh, lots of people keep coming back to listen to us talk about it. So, And this is the type of content, though, that you can expect going forward. If you are a new listener, if you're still here after Tony Pike left and Chad left and all of that, but we will continue to cover the sports that we cover. We, we do not talk about Xavier. Nor will we no. ever talk about Xavier unless it's Crosstown nope. shootout time. No, no qualms here. Uh, but we, we will continue to cover the Reds at length when there's things worth talking about. We'll continue to cover the Bengals the rest of the season and here to forward. And we'll continue to cover Bearcats football and basketball because that's where our passion lies. So this and was we, another episode of Pardon the Punctuation. Did you have something to add? And if we ever get a professional basketball team back, we will cover that. It may be a professional hockey team if we ever get that. I should have finished. Uh, But this was another episode of Pardon the Punctuation. We thank you for your time. We thank you for the new viewership that is here because of the Bearcat Journal affiliation. And uh, we're excited to be here. And I can't wait to see what the uh, the new partnership actually brings in because I think we're going to have some access to some bigger guests. Obviously, we start the show with, with Tony Pike as the the first guest of the uh the bearcat journal era and uh it should be should be a lot of fun to see where this this goes i'm excited my phone hasn't stopped blowing up so that's good mine either i am fired up and pumped up for the the best producer in cincinnati ed mayhall for jeff howell another co-host I am Aaron Smith, and this was another episode of Pardon the Punctuation. See you next week. Bye.